is me, Heath Armstrong, and I am back one more time for another episode of The Arch Up Her Newer Now podcast, episode 57. Dun, dun, dun. All the show notes on this will be artsynow.com forward slash 57. And my guest today is going to teach us all how to be ballers and how to release the hero within. She has an amaze ball story about being down in the gutter and how she turned that around and turned herself into a two-time international best-selling author, a speaker, a coach. And she titles her books to grab our attention. Super smart. Be ballsy. This is how you will not suck at love, success, and happiness. Hang on. You will get a blueprint for all of this right now on The Arch Up, her newer now podcast. Here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stinkity, stinkity, rinkity, dinkity beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, then get on with your bad selves. Yeah. Do your silly little ears hang low? Do they wobble to the front? If they don't, you better flippity-flop around your head and tie them in a knot and pay attention because our guest today is helping you unleash the hero within. She's a two-time international best-selling author, a keynote speaker, a coach to entrepreneurs and all you awesome ladies and gentlemen out there, and the founder of Briella Ariane, teaching us all how to be ballsy ballers. That don't suck at life. Dun dun dun. A skidamarinkity dinkity dink. A skidamarinkity doo. Melissa Kravacek. Yoo Are the entrepreneur now. What is going on? Hey, doing awesome. How are you? <laughs> I'm having a ball. I don't even know if I could even. I mean, I was laughing during the entire introduction. It was awesome. I've never had anybody sing the introduction before. <laughs> Whatever, you got you got to do it your own way, you know. Yeah, I mean, grab that attention. It's definitely a creative, funky way. <laughs> well, when I first started doing podcasts, it's funny because I thought from listening to so many podcasts that you had to have some kind of structure. Oh my god, how stupid is that? And I started listening to like a couple of the interviews, and I would ask like the same kind of questions, and it was very subtle. And I realized really quick that I was not about to start another task in life where I couldn't be myself. So I immediately started doing amazing baller introductions for everybody so that they can all be ballers just like you teach, right? Yes, absolutely. Put it on repeat. Let the alarm clock play it when you wake up. You know, there's all sorts of good ideas there. Yeah. How about not let the alarm clock play when you wake up? How about just wake up with your passion? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Fist pumping right now. We gotta have a yes. pizza. we're gonna have a pizza party and drink champagne in forties this whole interview at eight o'clock in the morning. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Melissa is coming out of Iowa. She's a two-time international best-selling author. She does a lot of work with entrepreneurs. You're getting ready to go on another international tour. You've been involved with so many things. Chosen as Evolution Magazine's 2013 Power Player under 40. Uh, you've been in publishing moments that make you fist pump constantly, obviously, with CNN, Forbes, Yahoo Finance, Evolution Magazine, Golf Elite, Link to Leadership, Forward Metrics, Life Hack. The list goes on and on, and you've got accolades everywhere. Who's Who Among Successful Women, 2013. Uh, National Association of Professional Women. I mean, I, I could I could just like put these up on the wall and feel bad about myself for not being able to accomplish oh. such awesome things. So how how are you doing? Like what what's what's funky? What's shaking? You know, there's just a lot of awesomeness happening, but more or less, it's all about uh, impacting people. And so you just got to use creative marketing techniques to let people know that they have a purpose within them and that they can do exactly like I did because when I started, yeah, life wasn't amazing. <laughs> and it certainly, I didn't acquire the accolades and all the success overnight. So it can start from absolutely nothing. And and I promise you, I had absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it's kind to, of fun to do the impossible, right? Yeah. It's still amazing every single day. Like I kid you not, every day is a different award lately. And I still am like, guys, I'm working out of my house online, serving clients in seven countries, doing my thing. That's what makes me unique. It's not that I'm out there, you know, walking the streets and introducing myself to every single person. I think the the creative part here is that we can utilize the power of social media and still let every person in the universe know who we are. <laughs> Absolutely. And fist pump the whole time, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the energy you're bringing. You're getting me even more static. This could be a crazy interview. That's good. That's what we need to have, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're talking about marketing and, and being creative and, and just following what you love. Let's talk about what you did before then. I mean, Obviously, you you are doing a little bit of your own impossible, and you've created all this amazing uh, path ahead of you. And everybody else is like, "Wow, you know, I want that." And you've written these books about it, and you're putting these awesome titles together, like "How to Be a Baller." Like, who wouldn't want to pick that up and read it? How did you go from the life that you said that was just not good at all to to this uh, in particular? What what was the foundation for that? Uh, the foundation actually was social media. So when I first started, I had 50 grand in debt, five maxed out credit cards, spent six days in jail for speeding, uh, got fired from a job. So I had my car repossessed, my house taken away, and I was literally at rock bottom and knew I had a decision to make. And that decision was either going to be, I stay with my parents at 22 years old and have no income, have no life. And honestly, when you're 22, like those are all the things that you want. So I had this amazing retail job with Walmart. And then I ended up um, getting fired from that in 2008 at the down of the economy. Um, took a temp job, got paid minimum wage in a factory, which I'd never done before. Did not disclose to Family Dollar that I had been fired and then got hired by them and managed 24 stores. And then I decided I'll get into this world of entrepreneurship, which was way more difficult than I anticipated it to be. I mean, I thought you just go out there, you create a product service, and then you make some money and life is grand, but that's totally not how it works. 
<laughs> um, because, you know, you end up having to be like the marketer, the salesperson, the invoice guy, the finance guy, the accountant, everything in between. <laughs> um, so it takes a lot more money and a lot more effort, energy and time than one would anticipate. But at the end of the day, all of the sacrifices, all the hard work, all of the commitment is totally worth it because I wouldn't be where I am today without that. Um, but I use social media. One of the first things I did was I gravitated towards Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And those are the only four uh, platforms that I use. And the reason for that is because pretty much everybody has one of those four platforms. And those four platforms have the most visibility, credibility, and uh, profitability to really be made online because everyone is there. And so, you know, I just, I put myself out there. I'm. I really just post about whatever and, you know, people buy. Like I posted a gym pic the other day and I made 580 bucks. Damn. Because it's, people can relate to that kind of thing. I'm not going out there saying I'm the best coach ever. You should buy because I bring XYZ value to the marketplace. No, people know I bring that to the marketplace because of what I'm sharing with them. It's a lifestyle. It's not just you know, me choosing to write a book or to share my story or to add value. It's to help you realize you have potential. I think you named the show, I'm helping you unleash the hero within. And that's exactly what I do. You know, you can have it all, all at the same time, love, success, and happiness. And so there's no better way to do that than to show you instead of just tell you. Yeah. And people don't buy what you do. They absolutely buy why you do it. I mean, you hit that right on the head. And, and it's something I had a conversation the other day about this. Why do people buy into to some way more than others? It's because they are showing you exactly that they are exactly like you in a, in a sense. Like they are going through the same problems as you. They have the same struggles as you. This is what they're learning. This is how it can help you. And it's an amazing thing if you just drill it down to those simple principles. Yeah, I mean – for those who are obese, they want to have a healthier lifestyle. So, you know, I just share the food that I eat and, you know, weight has always been something I've struggled with personally. So it's me just sharing, like, you know, even though you have all these titles, accolades and success stories, not everything is going to be perfect 100% of the time. It's just not. Um, over the last year, I've actually progressively lost almost half of my body. And so, you know, people have seen me, if you compare my first book cover and my last one, they don't even look like the same person. So people have seen this transformation online over time. And so they know it's not, you don't just wake up as a millionaire. They've also seen me go from almost nothing and living with my parents to where I am today. Yeah. And it's all about persistence and drive. And obviously you 100% believe that you can do it. You don't even have 1% there saying, Hey, you know, 99% of believe thinks I can do this and 1% doesn't because that 1% will kill you. You are 100% all in and that's what is making that pizza pants party. <laughs> Woohoo! Two fist pumps up in the air. Yes. <laughs> um, but there are days when I doubt myself. So just to be clear, like every successful person has fear and every successful person has days when there is, you know, an immense amount of doubt. Yeah, it, man. I think every single day you go through fear. I mean, it's just a normal thing that's built into our genetics, but it's the ability to be able to say, this is bullshit. I can get over this uh, and take that one foot forward. I mean, if you're scared of running around outside naked because your neighbors are going to see your pecker or something, just do it and you'll get over that real quick because it's already happened. 
So I think <laughs> get out of your funky little comfort zone and do, do something crazy and, and, you know, move in that direction. Yeah. You might not want to do that though. I think you'll get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's she she's just looking out for me, everybody. She's saving my ass. I, I agree with Melissa. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> but, but yeah, there are, there are all these things that will help you get out of your comfort zone. But from, from that point to, to creating these books and the first, what was the first one that you wrote called? Be baldy, how not to suck at love, success, and happiness. <laughs> so I'm I'm guessing you took some of your your personal struggles from making that transition from what you would consider sucking to not sucking. Uh, what what are some of those principles that you talk about in that book? How to go from having this life that you suck, or essentially, you know, being a scared dickhead like we talked about earlier, to creating this champion lifestyle and running around outside with your pants off. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the big things and the entire reason the book was written to begin with was because my significant other actually went to work abroad for four months and I was completely devastated um, because I just moved into this 4,000 square foot amazing home. Um, And the home had everything I wanted, but I didn't have the furniture delivered yet or anything. So I had my friend Sarah over and I sat down and I'm like, I'm writing a book because Rohan, the guy I was with, um, just said, I'm, I'm going to work in India for four months. And he called me from New York airport. Right. So I could either be two things. I could be devastated or I could use it to propel me to new levels. So that's exactly what I did. I sat down, opened Microsoft word and started writing a book. And that's how writing books came about for me. It was never planned. I never anticipated on being an author. And in fact, every time someone would ask me, I would tell them I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, there are times in your life when you just have to write and writing for me is just a soulful experience. And if you ask me if I could write the same emotional intensity I wrote in those books, I probably couldn't do it because I was too busy, like just spilling my heart out onto the paper. And honestly, I was crying during writing that book. So, um, some of the some of the things that you really need to focus on are passion, charisma, um, just building your self confidence. That's a huge thing for people because you cannot go on shows like this and be, you know, funky or creative. You're not going to be able to approach the right people. You're not going to find quality clients, and you're not going to be able to close big deals if you don't have that confidence to to believe in yourself enough that you know whatever happens, be it success or failure, that you'll move through it with ease and that you'll be a better person because of the experience you went through. Oh, yeah. Every day is a bonus round, right? (laughs) Every day. Slow down and enjoy something beautiful. I mean, just think about life as like, you know, Mario. The more you put into it, the the more steps you take forward, you're going to get more coins and you're going to advance to the next level. And I think that it's a huge problem for some people to to think that way. And one huge thing that's going to help them is to write. Like you're saying, you get your emotions out on paper, even if it's a paragraph a day or a sentence a day, as long as you're doing it, you can go back and reflect on that, see what wasn't working, see what you learned, and then apply that to where you're going to be in the future. Yeah. You totally don't even have to write though. I mean, there's a, there's a platform called YouTube, get out your video camera and just be yourself on video. Like people want to see that because they can totally relate to that. Or, uh, you know, if you don't want to write, then speak into a, an MP3 and record it and don't show anybody. It doesn't make a difference who you show, but 
at the end of the day, I promise you, you will feel so much better getting that crap out of your head. Um, just because it's sucking away your, your energy so much so that it's affecting everyone around you. Yeah, it, it is infectious too. I mean, energy and enthusiasm are infectious, but when you're down and you're in a bad mood, it is infectious. And I'm glad that you brought that up. So do you, uh, do you do any GoPro in? Oh, I don't do any GoPro in, but I'm actually, uh, doing a little experiment starting next week where I will be. You going to strap one of those to your head and just like go head first <laughs> into the ocean or something? <laughs> no, I am going to sort of become a nomad for the next six to eight weeks living across the country in yeah. different locations, um, preparing for the book tour. And so originally I came up with about 5,000 excuses why I shouldn't do this because who wants to leave the comfort of their home and their schedule and routine and everything else. Um, but my clients were like, Melissa, you wrote these books and you teach us this every day and blah, blah, blah. So you have to do it. If you don't do it, we're refusing to do the work. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? So <laughs> I guess it's time to step it up again. And live in places I've never lived and meet people I've never met. And, you know, so, so I'll just share with you, you know, some of my fears and this is what I told clients, you know, as being 26 in the world of coaching and having this sort of success is amazing, but doing remote um, video interviews and remote audio interviews and speaking to people on the phone every day is very different than getting in front of, 50 plus year olds who run multi-million dollar companies for 20 plus years and have been there longer than you've been alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a completely different way of approaching life, so to speak. And that's where I'm like, all right, I have to break this entire routine of waking up at 5am and going to my gym and cooking on my stove and, making phone calls and actually do this all in person. And so we're going to be um, documenting the entire thing and it's just going to be crazy fun. Hopefully. <laughs> so awesome. It's so exciting. Like I'm pumped up for you and I think it'll be a whole new adventure that you, you hell, you don't even know you might fall in love with it and start doing that all the time. Oh God. <laughs> it's funny because I've moved out of Iowa six times and every single time I've come back. So this time I said, all right, I will sell my car. I'm keeping my house <laughs> and I will go do this little venture and see how it turns out because you know, somebody has to be the definition of bold since we're doing a book tour and that's, you know, the name of the book. So it might as well be the author. <laughs> um, you gotta be bold. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty bold already. So this is just the next level of bold. Well, what what, what are some of the places that you're going to? Um, so my first stop is Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. and then followed by L.A., Orlando, uh, New York City, and then London. So oh, London, nice. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably not going to want to leave. We're going to Thailand next year early. Uh, March or April. So I'm pretty pumped about that, but I might not make it back. You, you'll probably just end up finding me face down, pants down in the sand <laughs> somewhere. And that'll be all he wrote. You know, that would be a cool thing, right? That's a cool aspiration to make a hell of a blog post. If you got some good pictures. I know. Why don't you just get a GoPro? I'm getting one. 
you've inspired me to start doing videos. Yeah. I mean, you just got to document the entire thing. I haven't been on YouTube at all, which is something that I've been contemplating and I'm very good at doing personal things and with video. And I used to do some video editing kind of stuff in the back in the day, but uh, I've kind of gotten away from it. But now that Google owns everything, it might not be a bad idea. I just don't know if someone wants to sit there and watch me cry. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, People want to be perfect. And in this world, there's no such thing as perfect. So the important part to remember when doing YouTube, um, blog posts, podcasts, or anything else is forget about perfection. It doesn't exist. Get your message out to the world in the quickest, easiest, most effective way possible, which YouTube is definitely one of those ways. Get in front of your ideal audience, get them converted into clients, and get paid for doing what you love. I love that. That's like the perfect outline. I'm, I'm wondering if if you can just say it back in slow motion and I'll write it up on the wall real big in black marker and look <laughs> at it every single day. I'm writing it down. Uh, Forget about perfection, number one. And yeah, I think it's huge. I completely agree with you. Uh, when, I, when I first started doing blog posts, I always always think about what do people want to know about? What, what should I tackle as a topic? But really what really gets to people is the issues, the pain, the fear that you're going through, why you're going through it. I mean, people do want to relate. So get out there, do it, figure out a way to make money out of it. And then you can have the pizza parties. Yeah, I mean, you just really have to be creative. So like when I when I first became an international bestselling author, I didn't wait for people to come to me and say, oh, you're an international bestselling author. Can I get your autograph? Can I get you know a book? Blah, 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 whatever. What I did was the exact opposite. I called every single newspaper in my city and got into every single one of them. I went down to the television station with my books in my hand and got on them. And I started doing radio podcast interviews and I've been on hundreds of them ever since. So it's not about waiting for people to come to you. You need to make sure that you are in front of a lot of people. What, what was that process like calling calling up the newspaper and radio companies and going to them with that book were they pretty accepting like oh yeah sure we'll put this out there did you have to go through a process no um almost immediately a lot of them ran the stories the next day because my approach was very simple it was hey i have a story i think you might be interested in they're like oh what's that and i'm like hey i'm a international best-selling author i've been on the bestseller list for about 15 days now and I absolutely am passionate about what I do. And in fact, I'm located in your own backyard. So if you want, I'm happy to come in for an interview. Well, producers, editors, journalists, you name it, they're always looking for stories. And almost all of their stories are negative. So now I bring them a fun, exciting um, story that isn't negative. They're going to run it. How did you go about getting to the best-selling status to begin with on your first book? Uh, what, did you put any habits or, or marketing tactics in place to, to get there? Or did you just release it and, and it just really bit on to the crowd? I released it in February. So the, the book we're referring to is Be a Baller, The Blueprint to Have It All. Um, and I did not make it to bestseller status until June. Wow. So it took it it definitely took a lot of a lot of marketing 
So you did that and and how to be a baller this year, both of them. I did all three of my books this year. Yes, you're on fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, Melissa, who do you think it would be, and what would you create with that fantastic little mind you have? Big mind. That big mind. <laughs> um, I would choose Einstein because he's one of the most brilliant minds ever. And I'm honestly not sure what we would create because we'd fail so many times in the process because that's sort of how both of us operate. <laughs> and he has awesome hair. <laughs> yes. Or as they yeah. say out here in Kentucky, man, you got some badass hair, man. <laughs> do you have some badass hair yourself, Heath? I do. Well, I'm trying to get like a sweet hybrid going so that I can like blend in with people here. Like, so it looks sort of like a mullet, but then also trying to pull back that like early nineties Dawson's Creek part just to freak people out a little bit. And it's going pretty well, you know, it's a good deal. Who would you spend time with? (laughs) Oh, who would I spend time with? Probably. Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. He's a composer and he's invented like 20 something different instruments. He did the whole track for there will be blood and, and it's just a pure genius. And he looks like a little like tranny kind of spider in a way, just real freakishly looking. (laughs) But I think that that guy has probably has Einstein inside of his head and being an introvert like he is, I bet you just have to get them talking and then the world would explode once you did. I'm always very intrigued by people who, who are very quiet, you know, cause you know that they've got a lot going on in their head, but they never put it out there. And I'm always wondering what you can learn from somebody like that. I have no idea, but I think you could learn a lot from a, a lot of different people. And that's the amazing part. You know, if someone once asked me who are the five people I'd sit down and have dinner with, And I chose five randomly different people, right? Yeah. And the reason I did that was obviously because together they have more power and influence, which Mm -hmm. would allow me to leverage. And I even chose one person to bring, which was a friend, just so anything that was said that I couldn't remember, I could have somebody else that remembered it. (laughs) So if you had Einstein at your dinner table what kind of a dish would you make him bring with him? Oh, you don't invite guests over and have them bring their own food. He's Einstein. You have to, or he'll get upset. (laughs) I don't even know what Einstein ate, but I'm assuming because his brain is so healthy that it would be something of a vegetarian dish. I figured he just like ate math books or something. <laughs> just like created schools and just destroyed math book cabinets and just all your finer paper traces. <laughs> it could be very true, in which case my library would obviously be eaten. <laughs> kind of like Chris, Chris, Chris Farley and Billy Madison, you know, he just destroys all the lunches. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So if you had to battle Godzilla, Melissa, how do you think you would use your creativity or talents or your baller status to defeat that big, ugly bastard? 
if I had to defeat Godzilla, mm -hmm. I would use a conversation to distract him from focusing on what's happening in the moment and to leverage the innate ability I have to connect with people and things and get them to do what I want. I feel like if you turned him into a baller, he'd come out wearing lots of big gold chains. <laughs> no, that's not what ballers do. Come it's on, just a that's perception like my... people have about ballers. Well, it's an awesome perception. Not necessarily, because there's also the perception if you have gold chains that you came from like the thug life. Well, I am from the thug life, and I keep <laughs> them spinning when I stop. Those rims are spinning. I do a little <laughs> rapping, and you know what? The streets are rough, Melissa, and the gold chain keeps me safe. <laughs> the streets are rough. It's funny that you talk about rap because I just had a rap song made about me, and the guy was very insistent that it's going to be his number one hit single coming up. And if I hear that song on the radio, I'm just going to have to laugh because <sighs> never in a million years did I think that I would have a rap wrote about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write one about you and release it today. I've got, I've, got, you know, I've got a gift, I'm telling you, from the streets. So I don't know if they've got that up there in Iowa, but over here. No, in... no, no, no. This guy was actually from the Bronx in New York. <laughs> <laughs> So in Iowa, I don't think we rap that much. I only know one person that can rap, and she can rap to Nicki Minaj. It's my sister, and she wanted to rap all the way to her wedding. And I was like, we got it all on video. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> now the GoPro is going to come in handy. I can just see it now. Your next book, just how to rap and be a baller in you know London, and you're just out there. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an email when I see the cover of that, and you're wearing a gold chain. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I am. I'm not into gold, actually. Diamonds are good, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, diamonds work, too. So Godzilla might look good in gold. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, Melissa, do you have any like closing advice that you'd like to give our listeners? Do you have anything awesome that you're holding out on, you know, tools or resources that you think they could find value in uh, before we say, Ta-ta! I do, actually. So I want people to take away the fact that you're not going to have success overnight. So the important part is to implement small daily habits consistently over time so you can see results. So work out, you know, 10 minutes a day to start for the first three weeks and then accelerate that. Uh, make a few phone calls a day for the first couple weeks. And then accelerate that, you know, do something small consistently over time and then expect success, but don't expect to wake up and be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the foundation of everything I've done as well. I've, I've fought on to, to find a practice that would work perfectly for me. And it, and it did start as that foundation in the morning. And it's, it's based off how Elrod's the miracle morning. I don't know if you've read that, but it's such a powerful book. The guy actually you know, died for six minutes. They told him he'd never walk again. And he ended up running a 52 mile marathon, a, a, a nice inspirational story, kind of like you coming from uh, being in all that debt to creating this life you love. And he literally changed it all with this morning routine where I wake up and in the first hour of my day, you know, I read, I write, I meditate, I visualize, 
And you just take a baby step every single day and you'll get to that point where you become a champion, you become a baller. Absolutely. And there's nothing greater than the feeling of success. No, nothing. But you got to fail a lot to get there. And everyone has their own definition of success. So don't be using social media to compare your success to somebody else's because you'll be killed immediately when you do that. Yeah, nobody wants to die. Come on. I know, I know. Being killed immediately doesn't sound very fun to me. I know. I, I just mean like killed energetically and everything in between. So. <laughs> I know. I got you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got you good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I act like a child sometimes, Melissa. It's all good. So do I. That's the fun <laughs> part about what we do. We don't We don't have to be adults 100% of the time. No, but you, like you said earlier, when you are taking control of your own life as an entrepreneur – you really do have to do the marketing. You have to do the accounting. You have to do all that stuff. But don't ever forget, it's not all roses from there. You're still changing diapers and, and you know crying and cleaning up the poopy mess as well. So you got to do it all. You'll be cleaning toilets as long as you are accelerating. Uh, the gold chain will be there swinging high. Streets are rough. Uh, be a baller, Melissa. Thank you for coming on the show and teaching us this. Where can our listeners get in contact with you? BriellaArion.com. B-R-I-E-L-L-A-A-R-I-O-N.com. And you've got some amazing packages on there people can check out as well. Uh, something that I've been looking at, like for, for the people out there that are that are trying to become consultant and coach and teach, how are those stack packages working for you? Like offering more, you know, you, you, you put one out there and then you offer more. You've got three of them, I think maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Has that really been able to increase what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no cap on how much money I make or how many people I can impact. And the cool part about that is that you have accountability, support, a peer group, and the power of social media to propel you forward, which has given me not only recurring income, which I teach people to do via Facebook, but it's also allowed me um, to get better clients results and have a 100% retention rate over the last nine months. So I'll just give you an example. You know, a client came to me after losing his job. He made $100,000 in the first two weeks. I just had a client um, do $100,000 a month this month. So the results have been crazy, but it's because of how I operate um, my business that allows people to do the things that they do and do them very well. Shoo. That sounds awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That is pumping me up. And everybody out there, just get out there and break the rules. But first, break the rulers. Every day is a bonus round. Do something funky. Do something creative. Don't run around in the streets with your pants off because you'll get arrested. Don't don't listen to anything I say. Just listen to Melissa. (laughs) And yeah, Melissa, do you have any social media that we can contact you through or do you just want to go through the website? Uh, actually on the website is my social media, but you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Briella Arian. So you just type in Briella Arian and uh, you can Google me too. Google. Nice. Yes. <laughs> you know, you've made it then. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah. I like to have the sticker as seen on. Google. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? They sent me that. Like, you know, when you sign up a business through Google, they send you those dumbass stickers that are like, find us on Google. And it doesn't say anything else. It just has their name and their logo. It's like, how am I going to find you? It doesn't even tell me what you are. So, 
All right, cool. All this stuff will be on the show notes at artsynow.com forward slash Melissa Krivacek. Did I say that right? You got it. All right. That's one in the books for me. One in the books for you, Melissa. Thank you so much for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. (laughs) Thank you so much, Heath, for having me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.